0: Welcome to the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio, the podcast for talent acquisition aficionados, HR lovers, and the recruitment connoisseurs out there looking to get inspired and challenge traditional approaches to hiring. Here, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the recruitment process, engaging fresh talent, managing tough internal hiring dilemmas, and of course, the future of talent acquisition. I'm your host, Adri Smith from Recruitee. I'll be quizzing the experts, asking the burning questions, and of course, bringing you great guests each episode. By the end of every episode, we'll offer a few hypotheticals and of course, tips to take back to your team and workplace. So um, I want to welcome Andrea and Rita here today at Recruity. Welcome. Hello. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so can you guys uh, first tell us a little bit about each of yourselves? I'm Rita,
1: I work in Numbers. So I'm part of the Candidate Experience team, alongside with Andréa.
2: So uh, I'm Andréa. I'm uh, responsible for employer branding at Numbers. Yeah. I communicate who we are as a company to the outside world. And uh, yeah, I I am a team with Rita and also with Maria. We are a trio, a very happy trio.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to talk a little bit about candidate empowerment. And I think even I personally hadn't really, I I think you kind of skirt the issue of candidate empowerment here or there, but I haven't really delved Mm -hmm. really deep into it. Can you just give us a brief overview of what it means, what candidate empowerment actually means? So candidate
1: empowerment, I honestly also don't know how much is in the industry, the name, Mm -hmm. but uh, I think it's giving the tools to the candidate to be successful during the hiring process. And when I say successful, I don't mean exactly being hired, just uh, giving the tools to the candidate to have a good hiring process, either for being hired or not.
2: Uh, It's also, yeah, to empower them throughout the entire hiring process. Just one thing that I would add is also like, before coming here, I also read a lot of uh, what is candidate empowerment Mm -hmm. also because it's something that, I don't know, we were just discussing this in in the middle (laughs) of years. (laughs) But uh, I, I read a lot, that it's more about making or helping candidates to to be aware of all the stages of the recruitment process, where are they always being formed. And of course, for me, it's also that, but I think it's also a, a bit more as in also show them that we see them more than just Numbers. another candidate, just, yeah, yeah just a number uh, and that that we really believe in every single one of them and we want them to go forward yeah, and to empower them and, Mm. yeah,
0: trust them. Why do you want other recruiters to actually be aware of this trend or this term?
2: We are still
1: in the war of talent. We are still fighting for talent and blah, blah, blah. But I I still feel that we, during a hiring process, we still go for elimination. So when you're interviewing a candidate, you're always looking for that thing that the candidate will say or will do that will make a decision. So you're either you reject or either you accept. We still have this game, win or lose mindset when we are interviewing and when we are assessing candidates. And and I think this hiring process is not an exam or neither a game. It's a situation when two people are talking or when two people are interacting to understand if they fit with each other, if the candidate fits with the company, if the candidate fits with the team, with the team fits with the candidate and not like a game, mm, let's see what you don't have or what you have and let's see if I'm going to reject you or accept you. Mm-hmm. And we're still looking into this mindset nowadays in tech and industries that have few people. And I think we should be more advocates of the candidates and not these weird witches that are trying to understand if the candidate is going to be happy or not in the company or to make candidates feel that they are in this weird position during the hiring process. I think in the end, it's not about being the candidate being happy and having the best candidate experience ever. I think it's uh, providing them the moment and the opportunity to show themselves and also us to show ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that being a, having a good hiring process is not about the candidate going to the glass door telling you about good things about you. Yeah, no, and Andrea, no. she has a very good point on this actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, were, <laughs> we were talking the other day about this and she said something, I was like, oh, my, my God, <laughs> I'm mind blown.
2: <laughs> now I'm like, what? <laughs> No, it's just to, to uh, following up on uh, on what Rita said. I feel like even more now that recruiters uh, in HR in general, I, I think we're all understanding more that it's really about the other person and to make it a more personal connection and everything, but I, I still feel like it's a bit of a wish still, we know that it's good to to treat candidates fairly, to treat them as people that they are. But I feel like there's still a step missing towards that direction. And like Rita was saying, because I've also heard this from uh, some companies is that I still get the feeling that the investment that they do in the recruitment process in creating a good relationship with the candidates in employer branding is more because what they have to gain to themselves so if I do this then the candidates one day if they don't come to the company they might be customers or they might know other candidates that will be interesting Mm -hmm. for us and I need them to have a good idea of us so that they will spread around the night exactly Mm -hmm. and I feel like yeah okay I understand of course we cannot be humble or, or self uh not selfless forever. Selfless, yes, and <laughs> selfless forever, and, and say that no, of course, it's always the other person, nothing to gain for ourselves. No, of course, we always have something to gain. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's more really to realize that it's important to have a good recruitment process because it's the right thing to do. It's mm-hmm. the right thing to treat people like we would like to be treated doing. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And not instrumentalizing yeah, the exactly. experience because you often
1: say, listen to Oh, we are doing this because then it's going to be, we do a good referral program because it's good for your employer branding. We are good for candidates because it's good for employer branding. It's just good to do because it's nice. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And one thing, and I think that's also important, like the fact that we are nice does not mean that the process will not be efficient. On the contrary, in my opinion, I
0: think being nice makes your hiring process more efficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, quite a powerful message in the end. I want to pick up on actually something that you said, Rita, which was it takes away this win or lose situation that you're always looking at the recruitment process, picking up on things that will make a decision for you. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't you say that I think that's such a fundamental characteristic of the recruitment process. Mm -hmm. You are looking to eliminate people. How do you move away from that traditional concept? How do you create relationships that aren't in this win or lose paradigm. She's something already.
1: Yeah, I do. Her, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is creating part uh, it's like same level uh, relationship. And this goes for the work that she does in employer branding and for the minimum word that I say during an interview. So putting the candidate as the same level as you. So we are not the owners of the truth and the candidate is also not the owner of the truth. <laughs> So what I try to do is, uh, going for recruitment operations Mm -hmm. point of view, what I try to say as many times as possible is is a 50-50 decision. It's not my decision to make, it's our decision to make. And try to put always the candidates on your level. It's a conversation, it's not like a moment of assessment or whatever. Mm -hmm. For instance, when we give feedback to the candidates, I always... Try to tell them, look, I'm not the owner of the truth of what is teamwork or what is agility or whatever. So please, if you feel that I'm not being clear enough, get feedback on me about that. So give me feedback on that if you want me to clarify. Or even before we present an offer, and that's something that I learned in numbers, every time we present an offer to the candidate, we always ask to the candidate if the candidate wants to receive an offer. We don't want to be invasive, you know? Mm. So we want the candidate to feel that he has influence on what is going to be the direction of the process every time. And the thing about candidate empowerment is a bit putting, because sometimes candidates don't ask you stuff because, ah, they don't care. Or, ah, because maybe it's not going to to gain anything. Uh, The most recent hire of numbers was a guy. I rejected him. He applied to numbers, he rejected I was for any reason whatsoever. I rejected him and he replied back saying, look, blah blah blah, and explaining. And I was one, very impressed by his email, two, he was right and uh, he was right and he was in the hiring process and he was hired in the end. Just because I don't know if it's because of what we do, or if it's just because it's like him, he is like that or if it's the both uh, things, but that made me very happy that the candidate felt comfortable enough to get back to me and saying, I don't agree with your feedback. It was extraordinary for me. Yeah. And I think employer branding has a very important message here as well, because everything starts a bit with what you do.
2: Yeah, with the communication and also being as transparent as possible into how we work, who we are as a company, with yeah, with our, our values and yeah, but to, to to also follow up on on what you said and on the win or lose situation, we still see pretty much as the as the end goal of recruitment is the person to get in the company. But I feel like it can be a bit different than that. It's not only if you get in or not, especially because we had the um, also with the new hire. That's I really like that example. But um, for example, we have an example where we really love the ca- candidates. I think that if uh, we hadn't uh, received another application that while well, we went with the other application, he w- would have been hired, but we like him so much that although he's not working at numbers, we still keep contact with that person. And we actually communicate to some of our employees that I feel like that person would be a really good mentor for you in this job. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and talk to him. So it's like, sometimes it's not only about getting inside the company, but it's seeing what other opportunities can come from that. So, yeah, it's not only a win or lose situation because there can be a lot of outcomes Recruitment process is not the end. Yeah, exactly. I'd say it's a conversation like we are having now,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so, but it's just a bigger conversation, (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's more like seeing your, your candidates as a little bit like partners. At very very early on that they're a potential partner. They're not necessarily a subordinate or an employee mm-hmm. as we might traditionally yeah. view it.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. or the, size, the the size the of uh, of everything. So yeah, with the example that Rita gave, uh, I don't know. For me, also if I when uh, when I was uh, whenever I'm applying to any company, I mm-hmm. always feel or, or I always see myself as the um, like I need to prove to other mm-hmm. people because the recruiters. They're like, well, mm. on the top, they will be the, the people to say if I'm worthy or not. Mm-hmm. But what I like with the with the, this example and what happened with our hire is that correctly and rightly, he saw themselves in the same level. So he got that feedback. He didn't agree. And he sent a very cool, I, I, I saw the email, uh, all the, the the emails, and I really liked his answer and also how he approached the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were entitled to say... I understand your point of view, but I don't agree. I, I I rejected your application because of this and this and this. But you were also humble enough to admit that. Yeah, I made a mistake. I and I, I and I would <laughs> like you. Yeah, and I would like you to continue with us if that's okay. I, and he said yes. So yeah. I
1: think like also it's a bit more mission vision of recruitment, but people in general still look at recruitment as this gray thing that no one really knows what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So like every company has a different process. Everyone has a different way of looking into things. And then the experience that the candidate has, like for instance, my hiring process to numbers was completely different from landing and from like the other jobs I had in the past. And before i was into recruitment i didn't understand why but now i am inside i understand why and i think the more information you give to the candidate the less anxious the candidate will be because you're always in that like you're being assessed <laughs> it's no one likes to be assessed Like, well, come on like no one likes to be rejected no one likes to not understanding why aren't they being hired or not like, The more information we give, the more the candidate feels at ease also to come back to you Mm -hmm. and ask back. In my previous job, I would always say to my candidates, look, if the employer is not telling you anything, ask. The worst thing that can happen is not having an answer Mm -hmm. or people finding that you are annoying. But if they find you that you are annoying, it's because maybe that company is not for
0: you, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think you've also mentioned, yeah, it's about giving them the right information, it's about counseling your candidates, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also about giving them the right tools. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by the right tools?
1: I can tell already to start that we are not there yet Mm -hmm. in numbers. So there's still a lot to do for candidates that might be listening. (laughs) (laughs) But for instance, we have planned for this uh, year. A bit to have like a, a, a few AQ.
0: F- a Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, we're showing up front what is the goal of each hiring step, uh, what are the main objectives that we want to take from that hiring process, from that step, what are going to be the questions, the type of questions, what do you need to prepare yourself to those steps. Also, as you mentioned, uh, what the hiring process looks like. We already have some information online. With whom are you going to talk with? You were telling me about that thing that you read online.
2: Ah, the the tool. Uh, Yes, the the percentage, percentage, yeah. Yeah, no, that was really cool. I was reading an article, I think it was about Johnson & Johnson, I'm not sure, but they developed a tool called Shine to help during the recording process. And uh, they send to candidates, uh, whenever they go to each stage, they send like a percentage of people who manage to to go to to each stage of the process. So they share that with the candidate. They share that with the candidate. And I think that's really nice. Also to empower them and show them you are special. So you you manage to, and not that uh, you're just, Another candidate, so yeah. person. personal, no, it's really an achievement. so congratulations. Yeah. I also think it
0: manages expectations. exactly. And that's yeah. I think like one of the biggest uh, pain points in most recruitment processes is that candidates' expectations are simply not managed. Communication falls down the line. Uh, they don't know what to expect they thought they were going to receive a response or they thought it was going to be way easier or way harder, whatever it is, but it can create a lot of stress. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's mostly about elim- not eliminating it, but at least alleviating yeah, some of the stress yeah. that you can have as a candidate.
2: I think it's funny that uh, you mentioned that also because, uh, well, I'm more in, in employer branding and HIT is more in recruitment, uh, but now we're re- already recruiting for an intern for us, for HR uh, to start in September. So I'm also doing some interviews and, uh, and scheduling. And uh, I still have the feeling that I want to reply to candidates. So we have this rule or this wish. Internal policy. Internal, internal <laughs> policy that we, we made, yeah, we, we implemented that we want to, to reply to candidates within at least two or three days. Mm-hmm. Also because it's quite stressful to send an application and then it's like, what will happen? Now? Yeah. Uh, but sometimes... For example, what, happened, uh, what what is happening now in the last few weeks is that we are very busy and I'm also traveling to Lisbon and we have a lot of things. So we are not able to to book the, the interviews with as um, close time, as few time as possible. So I'm still in a, in a doubt like, OK, should I only talk to the candidates when I have an answer? Or should I say already like, and for that, I always go to it and read to say, Andrea... Just be honest with them and say, I'm so sorry, we're very busy, but I will, uh, we will schedule something. So, yeah, I think it's better to do something than just don't do anything. We are humans in yeah.
1: the end. It's a conversation, it's a human interaction for more tech tools, for more AI, for more everything you put in the end is always about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And you want to create the relationship as you create with your. Colleagues and with your partners, yep. mm-hmm. you, you mentioned something that's uh, uh, like seeing the candidates as partners, like it's here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. always, uh, yeah. here. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: you, you can't see it, but she's putting her hands together yeah. at the same level, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in our case, we're still not there, but I'm actually very proud because what we did now is we looked into the candidate journey and we assessed each step of the candidate journey. And what is the emotional state of the candidate throughout? What are the questions that they will ask in each step? Mm -hmm. And now we made an assessment of do we have those answers and what can we do to answer that? So now we already created a plan or we have a set of projects that we want to develop in terms of um, improving the the communication in every step, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in the beginning uh, between application and, uh, and review. And we also want to invest a lot in in content in the FAQ, like Rita mentioned, with giving them all the information that they will need. Uh, also, uh, talking to employees and maybe uh, giving more testimonials, creating more of a database with information that they can see. So for us, this is our ground. I think ground level. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that a lot of companies are investing in um, in AI to help, uh, yeah, closer the relationship and and help better the the candidates and empower them through AI. Also some, well, the Johnson & Johnson case with the tool that they themselves created. We don't have that point right now, but one day. Yeah, Uh, not not impossible. Yeah, exactly. Some companies also have chatbots. I feel like a lot of companies are now implementing chatbots.
0: Yeah, I think that's been Uh, like probably one of the biggest trends in the recruitment space for a while. Or at least most persistent trend that hasn't become all out. Everyone uses it, which is somewhat telling, I think. But um Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys also, do you think you can ever empower a candidate too much? Because I think the risk is, if I look at this very critically, it's like, well, you're holding their hand throughout the recruitment process. Who's to say that then they don't show the motivation that they actually want the job. How do you balance that?
2: I think it's empower, not babysitting. I'm sorry. Maybe this is a (laughs) bit harsh, but yeah, Yeah. I think it's empower them, not babysitting. And it's like you, you were saying, it's, being nice throughout the recruitment process doesn't mean that it is super easy and then you'll do it like this okay no I think uh, it's a balance. Uh, and uh,
1: the question i put to counter uh, question your uh, question is can you empower someone too much and it's uh, it's a bit uh, i'm now i'm very very philosophical but uh, <laughs> when you start to help the candidate and to empower the candidate you as a owner of the process, you need to improve your process. So this is like going to, again, to exams metaphor. So you can create this exam with very easy, uh, you just need to know by heart information and just select the option that you memorized. And this is one way of doing a process. But if you allow these people to bring on the books and you make them to make the same exam, of course, they are going to have 20. Mm -hmm. However, if you have a fair exam that really assesses what is important and what is the core of the process, then everyone in the end will be happier. Because what happens now is a candidate that is less stress driven, a candidate that knows how to speak better, a recruiter that is every time very well in the mind and is not busy with everything that is going on. In these situations, the hiring process goes well. When you empower the candidate, you take away the noise. When you empower the candidate, you make making the same level and uniformize experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. And you give opportunities to everyone. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, when it's the assessment part, you're really talking with the same degree of information. And then you don't have a... Ca- because for we all have interviews. It's very different when you interview a candidate that doesn't know anything about your company. And when you have a candidate that read information and makes you questions about the environment. And sometimes in these conversations, you reject the candidate during the interview, not rejecting Mm -hmm. because the candidate knows, ah, but how this works exactly because I read this and I felt no managers, this does not make any sense. Mm -hmm. can you explain me and then i explain and the candidate but that's i don't like it that's a bit of bs and then candidate
0: goes away (laughs) and this is wonderful you know this because obviously they're not going to work well in that environment yes and
1: for
2: me like he's happy i'm happy and then everyone is happy in the end yeah and it's yeah and i think it maybe i'm preaching to the choir a bit but I think that also to prevent a bit from empowering too much or giving the wrong expectations is also to define pre-interview and before the recruit, starting the recruitment process of a certain job position is to define what are you looking for in the person, yes. what yeah. are the, yeah, not only the skills, but also the, um, the values and yeah, like productivity or not, and that will help guides because when I go to an interview and I have a list of certain things that I really want to assess, then I will not give them all the answers because I want to know how they behave with that, yeah.
0: So I have one last question for you guys, and I think this is kind of uh, interesting and specific. I think for you guys, this approach seems uh, very coherent Mm -hmm. with the way that you hire, which is in a no-managers environment, um, it seems very appropriate that you treat candidates as partners and you make sure that they have all the resources that they need to understand Mm -hmm. your environment. Do you think that's always consistent with the way people hire, that's consistent with the way that they hire and then, you know, they go into a work environment where the partnership is not really like that.
2: Again, Uh, it depends on what you're looking for in the candidate. I think.
1: I think in some way it's important also to let you communicate to the candidates. So if you're a transparent company and you have a hierarchical organization, it's important that you communicate that outside. So being transparent on that. If you're not a transparent company and you're also hierarchical, of course, hiring process will be like that. So I think in the end, it's always about being clear about what you are. So you need to be humble also as a company to communicate who you are. And then we go more for this side, for the <laughs> buyer branding side, but some companies, the hierarchical uh, say, no, no, but you can do whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. In the, in the communication during the hiring process. And then, of course, the candidate will fill that gap once he enters the company. so I think
2: there's no limits to this yeah for me, I think you should all always empower the the candidates, no matter what company you are, but indeed it is a matter of being transparent and again, understanding what's, uh, considering the company that you have, what you need from the, the candidates to be able to mm-hmm. to join the company and, and have a nice recruitment process. But I think you should always empower them, yeah. Well,
0: thank you very, very much, thank both you. of you yeah, for joining you. us yeah. today.
2: Um,
0: and uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you back soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And of course, if you did, Feel free to share it on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're most active. And if you'd like to be updated on when our next podcast is going to be released, you can sign up at blog.recruity.com podcast. See you in the next one.